I'm super happy. Are you happy? Welcome to the BU Find Happy Podcast. Here you'll find tips and tricks to inspire you on your way to happiness, to live a courageous life of authenticity, and learn how to speak your truth with grace. I'm Michaela Johnson, and welcome to our podcast. Michaela, thinking about podcasts, huh? You, you gotta... Okay, well, I gotta be close to each other. Hey, thinking about that podcast, huh? What's your <laughs> intro gonna be? Hello, hello, and welcome to the BU Find Happy Podcast. Thank you so much for coming back today. We have what you have been asking for, two amazing and beautiful educators who are gonna help you reduce your children's screen time, find out how to actually use one of those reward-based systems, and especially right now, how do I transition my kids that I've been homeschooling to summer? Well, that sounds about right. So, with no further ado, here they are, Mr. and Mrs. Appleby. <laughs> okay. Well, carry on, Michaela. They're waiting. Hello, guys. Thank you so much for coming on the BU Find Happy podcast today. I am so happy to have Wendy and Mike Appleby. They are amazing teachers in our district, and I cannot wait to get chatting. So, hello. Hello. Thank you for those kind words. Happy to be here. Yeah, likewise. (laughs) No, it's one of those times where people keep using the term unprecedented, which I feel like is just totally overused. But I know that there are a lot of parents right now that um, have been faced with all new challenges. And and here we are in this time where, you know, we're going to be doing a transition from um, school to summer. And some people have already started that transition. And yet, uh, maybe they don't completely know how to handle that transition. So I'm glad you guys are here. I have so many questions. (laughs) Okay, let's go. We'll do our best. (laughs) So to start, can you just tell me uh, each what grades you teach and, um, and how you kind of came into the teaching world? Go ahead. I, I teach uh, third grade at GT School of Innovation, and um, I I came via the, the business administration route. I, I did go into the business world right out of college, but uh, I had uh, some time to do some soul searching and, and just really always enjoyed working with kids. And, and during that soul searching time, um, um, decided I was going to give substitute teaching uh, a spin and did it uh, for the better part of a year and um, fell fell in love with with it and um, that was uh, coming up on about 30 years ago wow and for for those listening you are Tucker's favorite teacher ever so this has been a tough year for him <laughs> Yeah, thank thank you. He's amazing boy, and we've kind missing... of talked a, a little bit about the loss that you know that he's experienced and kind of what he's gone through as well. Um, so, Wendy, can you share with us a little about the grade that you teach and how you kind of came to be a teacher? Absolutely. So, I am currently teaching kindergarten and transitional kindergarten at GT School of Innovation. 
Um, it's my sixth year at the school. I started teaching uh, back in 1991 um, when we first came to this area and taught for a few years um, for another district. And after having two children and 15 months apart, um, decided to stay home and raise kiddos for a while, did some homeschooling, and I've been back in the game about 10 years. Um, it's my heart. It's my soul. It's it's our passion, and Mike and I are actually really excited to be team teaching next year on switching grade levels, and we're going to, to kind of have a large crew um, of wow. second and third graders, wow. um, so we're super excited about that. You're part of the big reveal. <laughs> I, I, I was just, I was just kind of holding my breath for a second because I was like, "This is huge news for you guys!" Because you, yeah. you've taught the Wonder Crew, the the TKK for a for a while. Yes, yes, but you know, it's it's something that you know during this unprecedented time, as you mentioned, um, there's been a lot of silver linings, you know, that Definitely. we've seen, and and particularly in our own family and with our careers, and this is one of them. You know, as we were doing things together and planning things together during this um, distance learning time, we kind of went, wait a minute, this, you know, like super fun. We're having a lot of fun Very together creative. and creating content together. We should like do this on the regular. So, wow. Well, you know, I work with my husband, so <laughs> I have on that, but no, that's such fabulous news. And, and, and you guys were, you were collaborating so beautifully. And, and one of my first questions was, you know, what has this time like as such hands on educators uh, working with a younger population of kiddos been for you guys? Because, you know, you are so much a part of their growing up, working with them at a younger age. And, and you guys as individuals are just very hands on teachers. I mean, involved in STEM projects and just kind of all of that. So what has this been like for you guys, you know, shifting gears? Well, the STEM comment's a, a nice segue because our, we just instinctively, of course, wanted to inject ourselves into the homes. How can we, you know, <laughs> part of that control freak piece, but also get kids busy. And so we, we did, we did a, a, a series of makerspace uh, Make challenges and uh, did videos and, uh, got silly, but you know our intent there was to um, just kind of say, "Hey, let's make the best of this. Let's uh, find some items around the home and do some science and and have some fun." Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, distance teaching kindergarten is um, <laughs> not ideal in any way, shape, or form because kindergarten is is pretty much all hands on. Um, so trying to find ways to engage the kiddos, um, you know, through video teaching um, and just providing materials to parents where they could get a little more hands on. Uh, it's 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 a big challenge for young children. Um, and I've been just being supportive of parents and the things that they were doing with their kids at home, like cooking projects and gardening projects and really encouraging those things and and having the kids share those those things that they, they were doing at home that you know are life skills that kids need as well not just academic skills so 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And so it kind of segues to the topic that I have here is, you know, what things can you recommend for helping kids get some closure on the school year? And I know, you know, some schools have done the parades and things like that. And we, we attended our schools, obviously, and it, I was bawling. <laughs> so emotional. Um, I, I know one of the things that we did for Tucker is he loved to have school lunch. And that was one of the things that he just kind of never had a last you know, experience with. So on Friday, we actually took him to the school and we got the school lunch and sat in the quad and had school lunch and then walked the nature area. And it was really nice closure. But what sort of things do you recommend for parents who might be trying to help their kids transition into, okay, we're done with school and now we're starting summer and then continuing some of the summer learning in a way that's not so homeschooly? Yeah, I think, you know, Spending some time and reminiscing about the school year because and reflecting on it, you know, like you paid attention to your child and and, in something that he felt like he missed out on. And so many of our kids have missed out on so much right now. And they don't really understand, especially my age kiddos. And, you know, um, teachers have, you know, throughout the school year, through our class dojo um, communication, shared pictures and you know, just kind of going through and I think almost going through the timeline of the school year and remembering all the special things so that you kind of have this, this, you know, you're going through this book of the year and then you can maybe get to the end and feel like you can, you can kind of close that chapter and move on. I like that. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I really like the the dojo idea too. And I'm feeling, oh darn, I didn't, I didn't pass that along to my, my parents. Um, But that would be something that you know, as Wendy said, it's, it's, it's already there. And it's this little photo album you can, you can go through with, with your kid, but also just to tag onto the paying attention to your child piece. Um, it may, it may, there may be a flood of tears a month from now, or, mm-hmm. or, you know, when we're, when we're doing the ice cream social um, in, in, in the fall, and it's like, well, where did that come from? And, and this might be those, those feelings that have been welling up. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, if there's a way to connect with some of their friends, too, even if it's, you know, a phone call or a Zoom call or something or a social distance meetup um, where they can, you know, some of these kids haven't even seen their friends. I know our son just saw friends recently for the first time. Um, And that's tough. (laughs) Real tough. Yeah, absolutely. Having an having an only. And you, and you guys basically have an only because you're other. Pretty much. Older. Yeah. <laughs> it's that. Yeah. I think that was one of the biggest challenges. I mean, I did say, well, hey, you got to experience what homeschool might be like. <laughs> he goes, yeah, and I never <laughs> want to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've heard that quite a bit <laughs> from families. <laughs> it's so a different how, experience. How, how have you guys been working with your son? What does your typical day look like? <laughs> There isn't a typical day. Honestly, it's been, you know, challenging juggling us teaching our classes from a distance and keeping an eye on a freshman. Adolescent, (laughs) distractible young We've gone through some, um, you know, different things that we've tried and, you know, go ahead. Well, he, he, (laughs) you know, he, he, uh, also, I think surprised us uh, on a number of occasions where, um, 
you know, we, we, we set expectations and, and gave him a lot of autonomy. And, and he, you know, for the most part, took care of business, um, ended the year very strong. Um, we're very proud of his, his performance. But I think, I think, you know, the back to the autonomy, um, what surfaced was um, kind of a, this, this brewing passion for cooking. Mm-hmm. And so he, he just excelled at that. And now we've got him cooking once a week. It's like, holy smokes, heck yeah, we'll do the dishes. Um, <laughs> if you're going to, if you're going to cook, he's, he's looking through recipe books. And so, you know, I, I think we all have to recognize that um, some of the best teaching comes from what are we excited about? And so obviously the best learning is going to come through things he's excited about. Yeah, yeah, he found he definitely a passion was awakened. And again, it's another silver lining that has come out of this for us. And he's found so much confidence in that. And um, it's it's really neat to see. So I think, you know, just kind of loosening up a little bit and not worrying so much about um, the grades or whatnot, because, it, you know, it's a whole different format. And our son needs structure yeah school is good for him (laughs) and this lack of structure we tried to impose that on him and sometimes it worked sometimes it didn't so we had to maintain flexibility I think was the biggest thing as parents to be like you know school doesn't have to happen between nine and three it can you know if if he's doing something else and then does his work later that was I think hard for us to kind of loosen up on that but yes. but learn that flexibility that it doesn't have to be a certain way or at a certain time. I, I totally agree. And Tucker, as a matter of fact, uh, really gravitated toward cooking as well. And I really struggled in the beginning of everything with teaching fractions and hilarious story in the car on the way home the other day, I was, I had the wrong size attachment for my garden hose, um, for the watering system, the drip system. And I said to my husband, it's, it's either a five eighths or a half inch. And I don't know which it is. And I don't even know which one's smaller, but I need the smaller one. And Tucker goes, mommy, he goes, five eighths is way bigger than a half half. He goes, don't you remember on the measuring cup? I'm like I taught you fractions. (laughs) Exactly. See, and that's the thing. It does. There's lots of different ways to learn something, and you know, trying out different ways and being flexible is is been a big piece of all of this for sure. (laughs) Five eighths is bigger than a half, right? Yeah, yes. because if you you take a half and you convert it to eighths, it's four eighths, and right. then you okay. can compare four eighths to five eighths. There yeah. you go. I still don't there know which one is the Hey, Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> See, and there we go. We can learn from our children. It's a two-way street. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So one of the things you guys kind of touched on earlier that I really uh, have struggled with is how do you encourage kids to self-motivate? Mm-hmm. Huh. 
Yeah, because we, we, we really struggled with that. I mean, you know, and I've talked to other moms who who have more than one child and they're like, one of them will sit down and just hammer out the work. The other one, if I walk away to change the, you know, the laundry, they're distracted and not doing their work. And that and that's the bucket I fall in. So, <laughs> uh, you know, how, yeah. how do you encourage that as teachers? How do you do that? I mean, is it like a herd mentality thing or what? <laughs> yeah, we do have that going for us in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think I, I think the best kind of motivate or, or motivational uh, reinforcement I should re, uh, reinforcement is is that um, where where it's not expected, where you're not using carrot, the old phrase carrots and sticks. Um, you're not dangling the carrot or you're not going, you better do this or you're going to have a timeout, the stick, but rather uh, you, you have those moments like Sam's cooking and Tucker's cooking where at the end, everybody's sitting around eating their finished product, their assignment, if you will. And boy, this is delicious. And there's, there's that reward um, instead of the letter grade or, um, you know, the extra game time. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, every, every kid's different and what motivates every kid, every person is different. Um, and so I think tuning into your child and their strengths and weaknesses and what, you know, what does get them excited. And, you know, for our kid, he, he will work for that video game time because that's what he likes to do. So finding what they like, what they want. Um, You know, we, we were never really huge on rewards for our older kids. We have, you know, um, older kids are 24 and 25 years old and um, because they didn't really need it. But this younger one, this 15 year old has always thrived with a rewards-based system and it was uncomfortable for us at first like no we don't really believe in that but it's what's what works for him so you know setting up a system where he he would decide on what his rewards were and you know there was input on 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 both parts so it's you know it was a collaboration of parent and child on what do you want to work for Okay, and here's here's what you need to do to get there. Including a token economy, we've even used that. Yeah, we we've okay. used a token economy. We've used you know the star charts, you know all of that. And then that doesn't work for every kid, but that's what's worked for our kid. And so I think really tuning in to what does motivate your kids, and and if you pay attention, you you know you know what those things are. And then there's just those things that are just like. You know, you just got to do it. <laughs> and, and the reward is it's done, you know, because, right. um, you know, we all have those things. Like, you know, when Sam's like, oh, I don't want to do it. And it's boring. I go, well, you know, I have laundry. I have cleaning. I have things I don't like to do either. But that's just life. And we, we definitely said that a lot. It's interesting because as a psychotherapist, I know a lot about rewards, but I'll tell you when I'm frustrated, the whole, you're just not going to go to the fourth grade then comes out. <laughs> you know, I, I know better. Right? I know better. But there comes a point. I when, know. Um, and funny story. I actually found out a bunch of us moms met at the park and I actually found out the other day, hilariously, that the entire, you know, Mr. A's third grade class heard my Zoom meeting for work. I guess, I guess you were trying to say, Tucker, 
Tucker, could you put on your headphones? Oh, yeah, Tucker, Tucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've seen a few things and heard a few things on yeah. our Zoom call. Yeah. I get a nice peek into your world. I said it was professional, right? Oh yeah, it was obviously a work call. Thank goodness. Okay, that's all I care about. Then. Totally, totally. <laughs> oh my gosh, but it's yeah, interesting. It... We've all kind of been thrown into this um, lion's den a little bit of just you know uncomfortability and and uh, maybe not you know what we're used to and and just kind of trying to figure it out as we go. Absolutely. Yeah. We are too. <laughs> yeah. and, and I think I did figure out a little bit what I mean, it took that. And that was the other thing. You know, I feel like a lot of parents probably have a similar um, thought, thought, which is, if I had known this was going to be happening, I would have prepared in a totally different way, you know, and so I think I finally figured out what rewards would work and, and kind of what his style was later on down the road. Like it, it was really the last yeah. two, three weeks that I started to go, yeah, I'm getting this thing. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. Now put, put 25 of them in a classroom and you can figure out how long it takes us at the oh beginning of the school God. year to get it dialed in. And it's, yeah, it's figuring out each kid and then the dynamics of the group. And like Mike said, it's different when we're in the classroom than when you're trying to do this distance thing one-on-one or, you know, it's, you know, we didn't know it was coming either. Friday we were in school and Monday it was schools being shut down. We don't know for how long you put together work, you know, and we were kind of scrambling because we didn't really know, like, you know, it's not what we wanted to do and how do you package no, up what we do at school and send it home. It's impossible. You can't. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we get it. It just was a struggle for us. And we know that it's been really, really challenging for families as well. I think, too, just normalizing that. I know for Tucker, we took him out of school uh, Wednesday night because we were leaving for a family, an annual family trip. So he didn't even get the Friday closure. You know what I mean? Where you grab kind of your, you make sure you got your code and you had your, yeah. whatever. He, he just midweeked it and was done. So it, I think dealing with the loss was a big part of what our initial stuff was. It was just working through the emotions that were coming up more than anything. Yeah, it's really a, a grieving process, I think, you know, for, for, for all of us, like life as we know it, like gone and you have to figure out the new, the new way to do things. And it's a grieving process, like not being able to go to school and see the kids was really, really hard for us. Like oh, I bet. seeing them on the screen is, is nothing. I mean, it was, it was lovely to be able to see their faces and hear them, but I probably only, I never even saw half of my class online. So, right, because um, of where we live. Yeah, the challenges with the technology. And, you know, some parents, they were still having to work. You know, they weren't able to get their kids on a Zoom call in the middle of the day. And so, yeah, um, you know, not, you know, we feel the lack of closure as well um, with the kids. It sort of feels like we're done. 
That's okay, me. this is really <laughs> strange. You know, I the, the parade, I think the convoy really did help um, in some respects to be able to see some people and kind of feel that that excitement and, you know, like mm -hmm. uh, about the celebrating, you know, who we are. And yeah. we, when we were only, you know, a week or two into the whole uh, coronavirus thing, we, we were already planning, okay, we're going to have an end of the year picnic and a field day and what's it going to look like? Just, you know, we were assume we were assuming we were going to get that fun get that, yeah. connection <laughs> with the kids because yeah. we, we knew that we all need it. Yeah, we really did. We have, we're hopeful that like, okay, once we get to summer and this is all over, <laughs> then we can come together and see each other and we're not there yet. So I don't think we're going to get that at all. And yeah. it's, it's, it's going to be you'll, a continual process. You'll appreciate something that Tucker said to me the other day. He said, you know why I think uh, God made next year? And I said, why is that? son and he said so that everybody gets a second chance at something oh i know yeah. <laughs> i was like oh man you just right to my heartstrings you know and he's referring to having a yeah. second chance next year at school and just kind of all of that and but you know it's one of those moments as a mom or, or as a parent you you just kind of soak it in and and realize the perspective that they are constantly offering from their uh, and I say this in such a beautiful way, it, their naivety, you know what I mean? They're not jaded yeah. yet. They don't have all of that. They still have a lot of hope. They're filled with, you know, they see things in a beautiful light. It's, it's really nice. Yeah. It's right. special. It's very, it's very refreshing. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why we love working with children because they remind us of these things. Yeah. They notice Absolutely. things, they pay attention and, and they remind us of, of who we were when we were children and to, to embrace those things. And innocence. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah. a lot of parents are going to be transitioning back to work, um, you know, maybe reopening businesses or going back to businesses that have odd hours or different things like that. And a lot of the childcare services are not open yet. So how do you recommend parents? What should their focus be while they're ju juggling all these changes? How can parents best kind of move through this transition time? Well, social emotional is, is the priority, you know, just taking time each and every day to stop and listen to your kid. <laughs> um, just making that top priority, I think. Yeah, and I think, you know, creating some special memories and moments during this time, like, you know, maybe you know, we take the time to cook with something with our children or we build a fort and we get in and read stories or, you know, just kind of, you know, taking some moments since we have more time, you know, and we're home to create some new, um, new things that we do with our kiddos. And, and, and those will be the memories because there's going to be a time when they're going to look back and go, remember that time yeah. when, you know, like school got canceled and, and, you know, we, we, we laid out on the lawn and we looked at stars and we built forts and when we started board game night, <laughs> you know, and, and there, it could be really some really special things. I know that families are doing with their kiddos and, 
And like Mike said, really checking in on their, their social and emotional. I mean, above all, if the academics don't all get done and your kids are okay, um, then we're good with that. Like that's as educators and as parents, that's, that's what we want the most is kids to know that they're okay. They're safe. They're loved. And, um, you know, this is, this is not how it's going to be forever. There were a couple of days where our education was, you know, different types of tree leaves in the yard (laughs) because that's what we had. But I I feel good because a lot of the things you listed are things we took time for. And I really like this idea that like even a summer checklist, like what is three things that you could do with your kid this summer that maybe are even at home and that if you went through the end of the summer and school started back up, you would feel like you had that special time and that you made those memories. I really like that because I, I, for one, am famous for the evening mom guilt that kind of creeps in like, oh, man, I chose to do, you know, the dishes mm. today instead of playing a board game, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, I think that's that's pretty normal, Michaela. <laughs> and, you know, being kind to ourselves as parents, too, because some days maybe we don't have a lot of time for our kiddo because that's the day we have to do more of our work and and you know that's okay and and kids are so resilient and they're so you know they get it you know and they know but um it it's I think I think we're gonna have some special things that will people will remember from this time with our kids for sure we've been doing s'mores Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday nights and watching and looking at the stars. And we watched the Big Dipper move across the sky through this process. So that was really cool. You know, I mean, we would have never been up that late had we had school nights. And um, so there's definitely been a lot of silver linings for sure. Um, Two more questions for I know you guys have a lot going on, too, right now. But um, how can parents balance screen time? during the summer because that you know that is an easy go-to and what do you recommend for parents to struggle with that balance (laughs) well again that's that's a it's it's different for each kid um you know kids that um tend to to kind of get hooked on it where they it, it becomes so much of a priority that they you know don't seem to be able to function without it then seems like it would seem to me that that needs to be put away um, for a longer period of time and let's develop some other hobbies. Um, you know, certainly it could be used as a carrot. As Wendy said, we we use it as a motivational tool in our home. But there have been times when, wait a minute, you're, you're not being a very nice person right now on the heels of <laughs> um, that gaming time. So let's let's pull back. Let's talk about it and adjust. Yeah, and, and depending on the age of the child, too, you know, our son's 15, so the amount of screen time that he has, you know, is probably more than I would recommend for my kindergartners. Um, uh, I'd like to see them outside more and doing other things, because if you look at, you know, development and the brain, um, and especially some of the smaller screens like phones um, that you see a lot of people handing their children while they're shopping or this or that, and no judgment here, but if you look at the research, it's not good for young children, particularly be on to be on a screen for, you know, any length of time each day. So I think, um, 
you know, we get it. It's, it's, it's part of our culture, but I, I am a big proponent, especially for young children of very limited screen time and more doing of things. Kids need to play. They need to build. They need to read. They need to draw. They need to look at bugs and dig in the mud and all that kind of stuff. You guys know how I feel about it. I grew up without a TV and we just got back from three days in the woods. So I, I'm, I'm all for it. But, you know, I struggle with it too sometimes because it can be easy. I, as where I really struggle is the YouTubers. Oh my gosh, I swear they like warp his brain. So we don't do the YouTubers. He has to pick something that's got like an educational component to it to watch because I just can't even handle. I can't compete with the, like the 17 year old YouTubers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's, a, it's something that, you know, we're going to continue to have to revisit with kiddos, especially with, you know, screens being in our classrooms now too. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I guess another piece that I really struggle with um, is is the immediate gratification that that they get playing video games it's just kind of built in and and so i i feel like over the years in the classroom I, i've seen uh less grit from mm-hmm. kids um an ability to persevere mm-hmm. uh do hard things um and I, you know, I don't, I don't know the research behind the video games, uh, you know, the media gratification piece, but I suspect that it is, you know, a, a part of that. And so, you know, again, you've got to adjust if, if a, a kid's not developing a work ethic um, because they're on video games all day. Y- yes, absolutely. <laughs> and Can you I'll tell us where we lean? Well, we we've uh, we've made a conscious effort when we're struggling with something to, you know, allow that modeling process to happen. Like he watches us work through it, stick together, get through this. And, and that whole thing unfolds. And even when on the days where, you know, I mentioned earlier, the mom guilt, it's like, he saw me have to work hard when I would rather be doing something else. And so he learned yeah. something from that too, from that modeling, like, yeah, I'd love to sit down and play a board game with you, son, but I- I've got to get this laundry done. There's no elf that shows up tonight to fold it. <laughs> you know? yeah. And I think it's, it's really important that you, you are very deliberate or and, you know, parents are very deliberate about verbalizing those things. Like, yeah. Hey, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to have my uh, call with my client coming up and, just so you know, I had this paperwork that I've, you know, had to, had to do and did not enjoy very much um, as part of that, that call. Well, he yeah. came with me to the shop the other day and was barking about doing his math work. And, you know, Mr. A, that's where he struggles. He will read like Harry Potter all day long, but put a multiplication yes. problem in front of him and he just shuts down. So I showed him the loan paperwork for the PPP that I was doing and said okay do mommy's i'll do yours and then he got to see like he read it and was like oh his eyes got really big and i said yep you think i want to do this math work no i do not want to do this math work but i've got to you know we've got to sometimes do things that we don't love but after this i'll tell you what we'll both put this down and we will go get an ice cream cone at wharton's and then that worked great he was stoked about it right. nice perfect yeah one more thing about the screen time too that 
I think is important is that we're modeling it as adults. I mean, I know I love my phone and I love my Instagram, mm-hmm. but I know we, we did a, a road trip with our son a couple summers ago and it was about 10 days and we all decided that we were just going to be off of all of it. And it was wonderful. And so I think, you know, if we're expecting our kids to monitor themselves or learn to monitor themselves on screens and we've got to model it. And, Absolutely. you know, maybe taking Absolutely. some, some tech free breaks. And, and, and I know our son gets a lot more creative when he, we just take a break from it or he doesn't have that option. You know, he's building Legos and, you know, doing other things. So taking breaks from it too, it's important and mm-hmm. modeling that for our kiddos. I totally agree. They're watching. That's right. Mm-hmm. Even so- when you think they're not. <laughs> Uh, so, so, so one big question here is how can parents who feel uneducated or completely incompetent in certain areas build their own confidence? And maybe this is slightly outside of your scope, but I'm sure there's got to be times as educators where you guys feel that sometimes too. How, how do, how can parents get through those moments where, you know, not everybody's coming out. I've got friends who are teaching algebra to 11th graders, you know, how do they, how do they move through that? What do you recommend parents do to kind of beef up their own confidence? I think, I think modeling the, the trying piece, um, putting forth effort is, it's going to go a long way. Um, to, to show your kid that hey I'm I'm willing I'm I'm willing to try this uh, chemistry homework that you have, um, and then you know I put in some time but I don't I didn't maybe even really help you with it but you saw me tr- attempt to help and and I think a lot of the time when you put forth effort into something um, that's difficult, maybe in, in aiding your child, you, you're, you're going to get it. It's going to come back to you. I heard, I've had a number of parents say, Oh, thanks for the fraction refresher. I had forgotten that. And so, you know, it was evidence that, um, you know, you guys getting the teaching at home had, had to kind of go back and review the, some of the, the concepts and, and, you know, you got through it. So again, back to modeling. Yeah. Um, I think knowing um, your strengths and weaknesses as a parent, as an, as, as the educator, I know um, that you you didn't really choose to be um, and, and, and showing kids how to find help because sometimes teaching your own kid, the algorithm or the chemistry or whatever it is, and your butting heads, is not good for your relationship. And so I think, you know, preserving the relationship with your child is the most important and saying, you know what, I noticed we're kind of struggling with this right now. I wonder who else we could ask for help, you know, the teacher or another friend or someone online, you know, going to to resources so that kids see that, you know, there are uh, there are lots of ways to get the help that they need. And, and parents don't have to be the be all and end all. I mean, as teachers, you know, we're constantly modeling for kids like they ask questions. I don't know. Where where can we go to find out? Yeah. And we are we're all guilty of problem solving for our kids uh, because 
we want to get the project done. We've got to fix the weed whacker. And it's just easier if I just do it. Um, but there's so much more value in letting your kid sit there and scratch his head if it's for 20 minutes, you know, with a little encouragement. Um, I, I'm the worst because I want to, you know, I've got 20 jobs and I'm, I'm already thinking about the next one. But the best moments are when we, you know, turn it back to them and say, you know, what do you, you know, we can't solve this math problem. What do you think we should do? And then you're, you're, you're likely to, to get some responses. Well, can we get, can we call so-and-so and call their buddy or like Wendy said, tap on other resources. Yeah, we don't. And they surprise <laughs> us too. Oh yeah. Right. I mean, Tucker came out with some stuff when I couldn't solve things like we could do this. And even just in the yard, like different solutions that I'm like, man, I would have never thought of that. Great job, son. I will say though, yeah. Siri became a pretty big staple in our house. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. And in and, and backing off, you know, when you need to back off and it's okay if they, they struggle with it. I mean, last night Sam did he was cooking again and, and I've been kind of more present in the kitchen when he was doing it because I like to like clean as I go and, um, and just kind of helping him and supporting him. And last night I just like walked out and I just let him do it and it took him longer and he made a lovely mess. Chicken parmesan. But the food was so good. <laughs> Every pot was used that we own. <laughs> You know, my son cooks like my husband and my husband cooks like that. He's like a tornado yeah. through the kitchen where I clean as I go. But what's crazy is that when I tried to intervene, it, it got worse. Like he did better on his own with his routine than if I tried to tell him, you know, what to do or anything like that. So <laughs> it is crazy how they kind of get into their jive and their groove and that works for them. And they're going to make mistakes, but that's how we learn. And that's how we, you know, they figure out, oh, that didn't work. Instead of us going, that doesn't work, you know, don't do that. And let them, you know, let them make those mistakes now while they're pretty low risk. So um, we, we were out camping this past weekend. And, um, you know, I said to my son on the first night, I said, you guys can go down to the water, but you're not even allowed to put your hands in it. I don't want your shoes wet. I don't want to deal with it. That's the only pair of shoes you've got. Ba 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 ba. You, I can't even put my hands in. Bob, it was pouring rain, thunder, and lightning storms. You know, so I come back up. Well, the next day we all went for a hike, and sure enough, he ends up socks and shoes soaked, mud the whole hike. <laughs> and I didn't say anything. And I and I looked at my friend and I said, "Gosh, you know, I don't want to be that mom, but I freaking told him like, don't yeah. you know?" And uh, she goes, "I really like just saying you can either do this the hard way." and learn for yourself, or you can take mom's advice and go the easy route. Your choice, but I'm not going to get involved. Up to you. And I'm like, I'm saying that from now on. <laughs> yeah. And, th but then letting go, right. And just letting the chips fall and letting them learn, you know, he if they don't back put the jacket on the shoes and he did not yeah. complain once. <laughs> like, well, and I, and, and I think anybody that has, walked you know a significant hike after being in soaking wet socks and shoes will probably recollect that it only happened maybe twice three times at the most before they <laughs> figured it out maybe they discovered they love that feeling you never know or that <laughs> today today he put them on to come home and he goes it wasn't that bad and i'm like would you do it again he goes no 
<laughs> All right. See, Next time you learn. choose differently. Yep. And I didn't have to feel that guilt. So I love that. I wish I honestly, um, you know, I'm not a big, you know, regretter, but I do wish we could have had this conversation sooner because I think a lot of parents would have benefited from from listening to this a couple weeks ago. But I'm gl- I'm so glad that we yeah. got you on when we did and and a lot of it will carry on just in life. So the conversations are certainly not just about coronavirus. It's just about parenting and, and educating and, and teaching and all of that. And I love I love that you guys made time to come on. So thank you so much for that. Absolutely. Thank you for having us, Michaela. So I I do have to ask, I mean, maybe you guys can't answer, but is Tucker going to potentially get his second chance? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. No, we can't answer. We're looking at second and third grade, so... Unless uh, we can find a reason to retain him. <laughs> I would love to. You kids, maybe I can find 20 reasons. They're all well, fabricated. I'm sure his next experience is going to be just as awesome. He He's really, he's going to look at school as most kids are coming into the fall. They're going to look at it in a totally different way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be new opportunities, and there'll be some some opportunities for us, him to hang out with Mr. A through through the makerspace after school. So oh, stay tuned fantastic. for that. Right. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to look for that. I'm sure he'll love that. Yeah, it'll be good fun. Well, thanks again, you guys, for coming on. We, uh, I mean, I just can't say enough. We've, we've, I've heard from so many parents that have said, you know, help. (laughs) When are you going to have some teachers on? So um, it may be, it may be a little late, but I think they'll still appreciate everything we chatted about. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank Thank you. you. This has been a BU Find Happy podcast. For more inspiration, check out the links.